Hello authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively, and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. Hello authors, I hope you're all keeping well and working hard on your writing adventure. In today's episode, we have an interview with picture book author Sharon Giltrow, and she's going to be chatting to us about book reviews and how traditional representation helps authors score reviews for their books, as well as what a good book review looks like to an author and her tips and tricks on how to score reviews independently. So in my author adventure right now, it's uh, the school holidays and Easter break. I'm recording this. If you're picking up lots of weird sounds, there's planes going overhead. Someone's drilling in the background. There's loads of kids running around. I'm in my caravan with my family away for the Easter break. And I'm currently balancing my laptop on my knee while I'm recording this. I haven't even got my microphone. This is from my phone, so hopefully the quality is not too bad. I'm in the to- toilet <laughs> with the curtain sort of drawn drawn across. It's actually not a bad little sound room, I think. So this is where I'm recording the intro for the episode this week. Uh, but in my personal update, I've kind of went off course and had a bit of inspiration for a little picture book which I've put together and I plan on putting it into the there's a uh, opportunity at the moment for Squibby members which is the Society of Children's Authors uh, sorry the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators which I'm a member of in Australia and it's open from Larrikin which is a publishing house in the east coast just to Squibby members only for picture books and graphic novels and I just had this idea and I've sort of constructed this little picture book and I'm quite happy with it it's cute and funny and uh, quirky and uh, I had a writer friend critique it and I've got two sentences to sort that and then I'm going to put that in. My formatting goal kind of has fallen by the wayside yet again from my deadline that I had. The person, the lady who I usually do the business consulting with actually failed to attend the meeting and yeah I just kind of have fallen off doing that but I need to get back into to those formats again and keep going with that because effectively <laughs> those books are ready and I'm leaving money on the table by not having them out there ready to go but maybe I just needed a break or something because I just yeah it was fun to sort of switch gears and do something fun so I have still been productive in a different way So you can now support the podcast if any of the episodes I've put out have helped further your author adventure in some way and you'd like to pay it forward. You can do so now over at Buy Me A Coffee, which is www.buymeacoffee.com slash the hybrid author. And yeah, a couple of bucks, you can buy me a cup of joe to say thanks. That's enough from me. Let's crack on with the episode. Sharon Giltrow grew up in South Australia, the youngest of eight children, surrounded by pet sheep and fields of barley. She now lives in Perth, Western Australia, with her husband, two children, and a tiny dog. 
Sharon has taught for all of her career, previously a teacher of children who are hearing impaired and deafblind. She now teaches young children with developmental language disorder. Her humorous debut picture book, Bedtime Daddy, released May 2020 through EK Books. Sharon's humorous follow-up picture book is Get Ready Mama, and it's due to be released through EK Books in April of this year. Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast, Sharon. Thank you, Joe, and thank you for having me. It's wonderful to have you, so thanks for coming on. How is it you you came to be a writer and write in the children's fiction genre? Well, I've always liked English. It was probably my favourite subject at school, so I've always been writing, but that was more assignments from teachers. But to get into the children's genre, I when, I, when my first child was born, my daughter was born in 2006, you have a lot of time in the middle of the night where you're awake thinking about things. So I was just thinking about picture book ideas then and thought, oh, it would be nice to actually write a picture book now that I have my own children. So that was in 2006. And then uh, I realised how busy you are when you are a mum. So (laughs) it wasn't until uh, 2013 that I started taking it a bit more seriously and did some picture book courses to learn how to write picture books because to say you're going to write a picture book is fair enough, but to actually you need the actual skills and the craft to be able to do it as well. So that was about in 2013, I started writing a few picture books. And then in 2016, I submitted my first one. And you always think that's, you know, that it's really great and polished. And then you look back at it now and you go, oh, <laughs> can't <laughs> believe I actually submitted that. So <laughs> And then my first contract was signed in 2018. So it's been a long process, but I've always loved picture books and being a teacher as well. I read picture books every day when I'm at school. I try to read at least two picture books each day to my classes. And yeah, I just thought I would like to write them as well as read them. Fantastic. Well, thank goodness that you do both because uh, your books are just wonderful and I enjoy reading them to my children's. So you're currently traditionally published with EK Books for your picture books for your first two. How have they helped with you gaining reviews for your books? Have they um, had a hand in getting any for you at all? Or uh, Being a debut author, you don't really know what is expected or what's going to happen. So well, EK Books, they were very good at guiding me through the, getting the first book published and it was through them that I found out about reviews and I knew about Goodreads as a reader myself, but I didn't realise that you have that you should have a Goodreads author page. So they told me to set that up. So I, I set that up. My book was already on Goodreads. EK put it on there and they also suggested that I have an Amazon author page as well. So I set that up. And then they sent out some information about how important customer reviews are on Goodreads and Amazon. So yeah, they they were the ones that really showed me that reviews are important and that I needed to be a Goodreads author and an Amazon author. And before my book released as well in 2019, I joined a debut group because a lot of authors, when they first bringing their books out. They, especially in America, they join other authors on social media and create a group that helps to promote each other and guide each other through the process. So there's actually authors. a group that's for debut authors specifically, like authors emerging and stuff. Yeah, well, a call out went on a Facebook page that I'm a member of asking for other debut authors. And I said, yeah, I'd love to do that. And they sort of capped it at about 20 authors. And oh, then wow. we Zoomed, met and 
Uh, yeah, we just and we're still going now as the Kidlit crew, even though most of us have got our second book out. You know, it's just nice to have somebody out there in social media land that's promoting you. And that's it. Yeah. And did you yeah. all kind of read each other's books and review them as well? Do you yes. read other authors' books as well as in your classrooms, I suppose? And and you you do reviews as well as receiving them. Yeah. So part of being in that group um, was asking each other to review each other's books so we sent electronic arcs which you can ask your publisher for basically the pdf the final pdf of your story so you can send that to people and ask them to review it so we did that as a group and I reviewed their stories I was also a part of another debut challenge uh, Laura Reynold in America she encourages people to review debut authors books because being a new author you don't have the following like some other authors don't need to ask for reviews. They get them. Yeah, so she encourages you to do that. So I, I purchased a few debut authors' books and I reviewed them. If I ask people to review my book, I review their book as well because it's like a give and take. Oh, wonderful. Um, yeah. And I try yeah. to review about five books yeah. a month. Yeah, being a teacher as well, do you obviously, you read picture books in the classrooms and do you have your students involved in reviewing as well? Yeah, last year in my pre-primary, because they know I'm an author, and every time I've read them my books, obviously. I've got, yeah, wonderful. <laughs> and every time I read a book, they ask me, did you write that, Mrs. Giltrey? So then I say, no, I, this mm-hmm. author wrote it, and I know them. And then I thought, oh, well, you know, I know I do know these authors. You know, I can message them on Messenger. So then I said to them, okay, well, I'm going to read you this book, and then afterwards you can tell me what you thought of it. We can do a review. So I'd read them the story and then afterwards I'd say, so let's send the author a message. So I'd get out my phone and I'd open up Messenger and I would say to them, like, so tell me, what did you think? And then I'd just type it straight into the message and then send it to the author. Sometimes I'd have to explain that, you know, this this author's in America, so it's daytime here, it'll be nighttime there, they might not respond straight away. But generally the author's responded pretty much straight away and I read that message back to my students they must find it so exciting (laughs) yeah they do they find it really exciting and um the authors find it really exciting because you don't often get that straight feedback straight away from children yeah straight from the kids oh that's wonderful oh it sounds like there's there's quite a good community author community out there who support debuts and and helping each other gain book reviews first off so that's really encouraging to know how do you or how do you advise authors if if you get a negative book review or low star ratings of your books because I know there's some authors who who watch the the stars and the reviews like a hawk you know and they read everything and they take it all in and how do you deal with that kind of thing I mean as a reviewer myself if I can't give if I read read a book and I can't give it a four stars or above I don't do a review so I would hope that other people would do that as well I know other authors sort of have that same standard but there is people out in Goodreads world and the Amazon world that don't I have seen you know some reviews like it's more the stars like I've seen two stars and I think oh well that's one person's opinion Mm -hmm. I look at how many five stars it's got so I try to balance it with the good reviews because I know some people just do bad reviews just to do bad reviews yeah (laughs) or I've even seen somebody that's given a star and I've looked at their profile and they've never read a picture book before but I don't I don't know if they just randomly choose somebody and then just give them you know two stars so I think you have to think about 
where the review is coming from. And I feel that, you know, my friends and my fellow kidlit authors and community, if they like it, that's what's more important than some random person that might not have even read the book. And the kids in your class, obviously, as well. And the children in my class, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so my friends and family and, yeah, and I know it's a good book. Yeah, it does. I mean, you do remember it. It's funny, you you remember those words probably more than the, the good things that people say. So. Yeah, I suppose if someone says something bad about the book, you have to read about 20 good reviews of it. You <laughs> can also use it to improve the next book, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose it's how much you, like you said, believe of what they're saying and, you know, you could just be like, no, that's totally off. Yeah, I don't know why we we sort of tend to focus on the negative over the positive, maybe because we don't deal with it as often or I, I'm not sure. But yeah, see, that, that, that's a good tip, though, just to focus on all the, the positive comments rather than just obsessing right. over the negative ones if you actually do get any. Yeah. And as an author, you have to be pretty thick skinned because you get so many rejections before you get a publishing deal. So you're kind of mm. a little bit yep. used to <laughs> negative things. Yeah, I I just sort of take it that your book's not going to be for everybody and everybody has different tastes and, uh, you know, everybody thinks differently as well. So what comes across to one person who connects with your work and they they might have, you know, had a similar experience, especially your book, you know, Bedtime Daddy and, you know, the role reversal and and it's it's very cute and I, we, we love it in, in our household. But yeah, that it might go over the top of somebody's head if, if yes. other people, you know, so yeah, I suppose you have and to. And it's very, that. I mean, I read reviews to see how the readers also interpret your story because you write it one way. But as you said, somebody will read it and interpret it another way. And sometimes, and even sometimes people like in Get Ready Mama, one of the reviewers said like the favourite line that she liked in that book was, it's never too late for cuddles. Mm-hmm. So you can yeah. you can re- read those reviews and then you think, oh, that's something that I promote the book. Mm-hmm. I can use their words to promote the book as well. Because you're so in, entrenched in your book, you can't really see it as a whole thing. So. Yep. Reviewers come to it with fresh eyes, so you can use the positives to make you feel good or to promote your book later. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, or they see it in a different, you know, that for them it meant this, and yeah, and they could even bring bring something forward that you about your work that you hadn't perceived in the beginning, and then, like you said, oh yeah, yeah, I can use that going forward as well. That's right. That's <laughs> exactly right. So that's yeah, no, that's great. So, what are your tips and tricks for authors looking to get book reviews? So, I suppose we're talking about debut authors. Uh, authors just kind of starting out say with one or two or three books because like you said the more established authors know how to get the book reviews or people are already hooked on their storytelling skills so they they don't need to kind of source them as aspiring authors do in the beginning so do you have any sort of tips and tricks for authors looking to get book reviews for their work and uh, can you yeah can you tell us about what some of the the best like you've mentioned goodreads and obviously amazon's a big one like the best digital platforms and if if there's any physical media now I suppose that authors want to get their reviews in I suppose by physical media you know magazines and I heard is it that I don't really read print papers but is it the West Australia I thought someone said they're not actually doing book reviews children's book reviews anymore is that right okay yeah I'm not sure yeah not sure so for the media reviews my publisher usually does those so they send the books to you know like the West Australian or the Sydney Herald or the Canberra Times and then they review them and often in for those books it's more about so when bedtime daddy came out they did reviews of uh, father's day books so then they they did it like a little section for that so i'm hoping there'll be a, like a mother's day section that they can review get ready mama in but for your yourself as just 
an individual, I think the most important thing is to just ask. I know in America, they're very, they ask a lot more for reviews over there and they're not afraid to ask. Whereas I've sort of seen some Australian authors that have got Goodreads page, but they don't have many reviews. So you just, I think just ask, ask your family, ask your friends, ask your fans to give you a review. If you're in a community like Squibby, I mean, I've asked you to give them, yep. <laughs> to give, get ready, Mum. I happily have. <laughs> yeah. I wish you have. And so, yeah, just ask the people around you. We're all in groups. I mean, there's so many Facebook groups in the Kidlet community. It's a very supportive community. So ask because people will do it. You just have to get past that thing of, you know, asking for what you want. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I suppose you could feel like you're bothering somebody, I suppose, but not like a picture book, you know, they're so small as well. So it's quite easy for someone to read that and, and, yes. and have that. But I suppose for myself who writes longer, more middle grade, uh, the upper YA and even nonfiction books, I feel to ask somebody to review that it's, I, I feel like A, they'd have to have an interest in the, the subject matter because it's quite a chunk of work um, yes. or, send them an audio file so they can do something else while they're like <laughs> yeah. listening as well yeah. which makes and I think it's, right. a, it's a good habit I think if everyone gets into that you've read you know I mean we're all readers so we're reading things mm. just do a review and it doesn't it doesn't have to be long it yeah. can just be two or three sentences about you know what you liked about the book and also say something about the illustrations if it's a picture book because trying to remember illustrators done half of the work as well so I always try and include them in the review and then you can use you can just cut and paste the one from Goodreads and put it in Amazon but the what only is, thing with Amazon is you have to buy the book or the book has to be released before you can review oh, it right whereas Goodreads allows you to do like forget ready, ready mama I've already got 20 reviews so they do like um, a pre-order reviews or something yeah so oh, yeah okay. I asked my publisher for an electronic arc of the book which has usually got a watermark on it so no one can yeah then send it to a printer and print it before yours is released yep and you can send that to your friends and family and and fans and community to ask them to review it mm. and and again it, and you can ask them to exchange like they can send you one as well so if you ask make sure you also yep. give reviews yeah. what's um like for in your for you what what would you like people to touch on with reviews like you've you've said obviously the illustrations and like a good review if you received it you it, you must have a review that maybe comes to mind that you're like oh I just love that is it is it about how the the book kind of made them feel or what the story is about like what would you want someone to be reviewing your book yeah like for me it's probably that? more about how it made the, the st- them feel, like the, yep. the emotions that they got from the um, reading the story or if they've read it to their children um, because the blurb can tell you pretty much about the book so that's already written but yeah just what they got from it that was special I think um, I was a bit confused with the reviews I have to say I I'm not someone who reads reviews and I've not been someone who writes a lot of reviews either and then now that I'm sort of approaching this and in my career I have started and and obviously being asked as well which is I'm I'm absolutely happy to so I have offered up reviews but I did write one for someone and they reused it but they only reused like one sentence of it and I kind of felt like I had to go back to my uni days where you critically reviewed the work you know so I kind of spilled it in quite a big I mean I had said I couldn't put it down because it was wonderful it was it was a really good book but I kind of went on to like big words like you know the protagonist this and blah 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 yes she didn't use any more of that so I kind of I don't think she liked it at all and I just thought oh maybe that's not the way you're supposed to tackle or you know or how I I think it just keep it personal and emotions rather because you're not you're not a um professional reviewer no. 
they'll take it they'll take apart the structure and the the arc and yeah and yeah just two or three lines because you know if it's if it's too long then mm-hmm. people won't read it but a good way to see how to review as well is to as you said to re- read reviews of other people's yeah. books I've heard as well like you've said yourself if it was less than four stars or 4.5 you wouldn't review it but this thing floating around like the indie world or I don't even know if it's a traditional publishing world that having a few one star reviews or two star reviews is good because it it makes it more I don't know the book more relatable or receivable rather than it's all five stars it's all amazing um, yes kind of yeah. thing yeah. like uh, do you is that do you think that's a thing or well I think it's good and uh, it's important to keep uh review honest and real so like you said some people won't find it a five star so I think yeah I think that would balance it out because if you sometimes I look at a book and go oh it's all got five stars you know there must be friends or family so it does sort of yeah. make it more real if it does have some other stars yeah so yeah and I think that's the important thing is that just to make it real so you know and and another important thing is that since becoming an author I get messages from people that you can pay to do reviews and that yes, that's yeah. uh, sort of a no-no. Don't don't really pay, don't pay someone to give you a review because mm. it's not real. Yeah, I've actually been getting contacted and I don't, I, I thought to myself, I don't know what I've ended up on, but it happened all in one day and it was on Instagram and there was about four or five different book reviewers contacting me, direct messaging me. And um, one of them had really broken English and yeah, they're asking for like $27. They'll review the book. It'll go on their site, but they they have massive followers. Like they're, they're yes. well into the hundreds of thousands, but you know, I showed it to a guy at my work and he was, he just sort of scrolled through. He says, I, I think it could be I don't think he said it was a bot or anything but he's like look at the reviews look at look at what people are saying it's like the same handful of people and yeah, yeah. it just felt a yeah bit. just sort of yeah steer away from those because that's you don't need to pay for someone yeah. to do it you can I mean it is tempting because yeah. I say as you say they've got so many followers but then you think are they yeah. you know yeah. real followers I yeah. So I know like, well, that's what the person at my work said. He said, look at the actual, so they've got this many followers. It's like, but look at the actual likes the posts are getting and the comments and things. So yes. yeah, I, d- I just didn't even, and it's all, I thought, no, <laughs> no, which I felt flattered about it. And I was like, oh no, no. Yes, um, no, that's it. Yeah. So I know publishing houses, obviously they send their books out to different magazines and different uh, establishments that they want their book to be reviewed. So if you're going to review a book, I suppose you would expect to receive the book for free to review. So would you, would your tip for you be if you wanted your book reviewed by a certain person or a certain establishment, send your, send a copy to them and just ask. If you know someone's sort of an influencer in the Kidlet community, I, I do ask EK to send them Mm-hmm. the book to review but that's more yeah. for blogs like if they've got blog they do you know they do a blog post so I do do that like kids book reviewers you know I've asked them to send one to them yeah. um some people in America but that's more to sort of yeah blog posts whereas you know Goodreads is just you know you've read it yeah you just tell people yeah what you so think kind of kind it. of the places where uh, readers congregate online that offer book reviews of your book is, is good to kind of have reviews floating around. Yeah. And I know better readings, you know, that would be someone where you would want to send a book to so they would mm-hmm. review it. They have a number of reviewers that review the books there. CBA, you know, you might want to send one to them, review it. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. I suppose um, indie publishers have got to do all the, well, self-publishing authors have to do all the works for them. Um, yes. And yeah, I've, I've, we've mentioned you are traditionally published for, for your 
your picture books and other books to come as this is the hybrid author podcast do you have any thoughts on self-publishing have you ever thought about going down that route or as you um, said it took you quite a while to to get to publication as it does most people yes um well yeah I mean I've, I've definitely looked into it because some books some manuscripts you have and you just send them and you know they're good but they're not what the publisher's looking for so I have looked into self-publishing some manuscripts that haven't been picked up. I admire people that people that self-publish because it would be a lot of work, I should imagine. Yeah. So it's just I would find it a little bit because I work two and a like three days a week as well, teach. I just don't have the time to self-publish at the moment. So I mean, maybe later because now I'm getting now I've got my second book out. You sort of as you're publishing it, you do learn about the process. Yeah. So you do get better at looking at the illustrations and saying, you know, can you change this? Can you do that? Can you? And I think with self-publishing, for me, the distribution would be a big part of it. That Selling, um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and just having the stock. And So, yeah, I, I have looked into it for one. Was that a picture think, book or was that an older? Yeah, it's a picture book. But I think I, if I did it, I was I was going to ask someone to be a mentor for me yep. that has done, self-published a lot of books just to mm. take me through the process. Yeah. So, yeah, and then there's the, the hybrid where you pay and they, you know, it's sort of half traditional half self-publishing yep. as well and, and and the same thing like when you when you're self-publishing you know the reviews and the marketing you're doing that yourself as well so that's mm. probably even more important for people that self-publish yeah I think it's definitely a personality type and obviously a time thing as well and a situation thing also on how which way that you end up going but yeah picture books as well would be quite I've got a friend who's who's pumping them out at the moment and she's doing very very well she comes from a multimedia design background so she and her sister writes so um, together they've kind of teamed up and learned the process so they're doing really well but yeah illustrations to me and uh, formatting of that kind of stuff yes is so daunting yeah Um, and being you have to have graphic design, I think, to, to put, yeah, to you do need a certain skill set. I think you can always learn. Of course, there's so much information out there now, but yeah, I think that would be quite hard. I find I don't find it too hard with just full works like so anything where there's no illustrations that's fine yes yeah <laughs> that's not too bad or too hard and just black no, and white or, or anything like that so well thank you for your expertise so far on the on the book reviews we've learned a lot obviously looking for the online platforms and you're lucky for yourself the traditional publisher goes to the uh, establishments for you what can we expect from you in the future well I've got I've signed two more picture book deals for the next two picture books about um, taking a grandma shopping so again it's a role reversal and taking uh, grandpa to the beach so that's a role reversal as well Um, and they're going to be coming out through Dixie Books which is a UK publisher and then I've got a a early middle grade book coming out through Clear Fork, which is an American publisher called Samara Rubin and the Utility Belt. So I thought I'd sort of branch out into a, a wider market. And so I've actually spe- enjoyed writing longer work as well. So Wow. So you specifically targeted like the American publishers for that work? Well, I did a course on how to write a middle grade book, and that was through an American Children's Book Academy. And part of that course is you get to submit to agents and publishers in America if you if you win a golden ticket. It's like yeah. oh, really wonka. Um, <laughs> so I didn't win a golden ticket then, but then that I saw who the American publishers were. So then when they were open to submissions, I um, sent the manuscript and they accept they picked it up. So 
That's fantastic. Yeah. Did you did you write that with an American market in mind? Like, is it actually set in America or anything? You haven't formatted uh, it. It's not really. It's, it's it's set in a school. So, yep. um, you know, they're eleven year olds. They go to school. They go to home. So, so it's very um, well universal for yep. the Western yep. Yep. <laughs> Western world. So, I had a few things in there like Australia's Got Talent. So, I've just changed that to a more generic show like Animal Planet or something like that. I had netball in there. So, I've taken that out and put basketball. So, I had the word doona, which Americans don't know what doonas are. Yeah. So, taken that out and put built in. Have they um, asked you to do that or you've done that? They asked me to do that did, just because yeah. they said they, Americans wouldn't yeah, know what a yeah. doona is. And same with like bathers. I had bathers in there, but they call them swimming costumes. And so, <laughs> yes. it's. <laughs> Yeah. It's a, and I've had to do it, well, they've asked me to do it in American spelling. Yeah, okay. so. yeah. Now I'm interested to know because uh, I attended a talk years and years and years ago with AJ Betts on pacing and she had just done... Oh, I think it was the Zach and Mia book and she was showing all the different um, all the different countries had different covers and the Americans had changed a lot of it to be like like football to gridiron and all yeah. sorts of stuff so I think like even if they pick up a story they change it to their uh, yes. sort of landscape which is fair enough yeah I just yeah I, I just always wonder about publishing like from my experience publishing in Australia and then publishing in America or somewhere else like they want stories that fit in with their country their sort of world and and culture so yeah 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 I think it's quite good because it was a universal like it could be anywhere really yeah that's Um, right so that would work quite well but yeah the American spelling sort of got me a little bit something oh no you know when you're doing your word yeah change it to American spelling and, and then my daughter's like oh why are you changing it to America you're in there. <laughs> like, well they're the publisher you know, if, yeah. if an Australian publisher picks it up we'll, you know, so, we'll so, so do you still have it. Australian rights for it um I yes I think I do like yeah so <laughs> they'll obviously promote it in America and you will promote it here So how will you go about looking for book reviews for that one then? Will you just go through the normal channels? Yeah, just do the same. The the same thing, yeah. Get in touch with people who have passed, reviewed it and, um, yeah. Yeah. So just exactly. I mean, the the world is pretty global at the you know. Yes. I don't think you're restricted to one country, especially if it's kind of a universal story. Yeah. So can you be strategic as well with like the book reviews and in terms of you think about the topics that your book focuses on and you want to get it in front of a certain audience? You can probably approach people who you yeah. want. Do you know what I mean? So whatever the book is about. If you want yeah. certain establishments or certain readers who are linked with those, yeah, you know, those places, the, you, you can approach yeah. them for about it and yeah, try and, gain, and even good yeah. reads, you can do this. Like you can get your book on a list of like bedtime stories or mm-hmm. books about fathers and things like that. So that's a, another way of um, doing it. Yeah, that's the list. Great. So when people Google bedtime stories, yours will come up. But um, the reason you're trying to get reviews is that um, Amazon has their algorithm that if there's so many reviews when people are searching for a book your book's more likely to come mm-hmm. come up yeah um, so they're so important yeah. for algorithms and obviously um, yes yeah do, do you think they're important for people who buy them like for buy people buying them or something? uh I think so. I think if you're not sure about this book or that book if you read the reviews you're more likely yeah. to go for that book for so, online sales probably yeah 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 definitely and yet again we're a global you know, people do buy a lot of books online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
yeah, well, in, in these current times, yes. yes. <laughs> Can't really that's make it, it. in a bookstore sometimes. So, yeah. Oh, well, that's yeah. fantastic, Sharon. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise and your experience with us. Can you tell our listeners where they can discover you and your, your books to come and on and yeah. online? Well, um, if you're in Perth, I've got a book launch at the end of April at the Literature Centre in Fremantle, 30th of April, Saturday. So if you go to my website, which is author all one word.com you can see where the get ready mama is going to be launched and get a ticket if you want to come in person and celebrate the launch we're calling it more of a celebration as well at the moment because it's yeah. nice to be able to celebrate something that's it happy. yeah yeah, um, I've got my ticket. Yeah, I'm on it. When when something comes out, I, I get a ticket because with all the cat numbers and things, yeah, I've missed out a lot last year. Yeah, you kind of forget later as well that you know. And then if you if you see it, you do it then because you know where to find it. So, but yeah, if you go to my website, all my information's there. So yeah. Wonderful. It'd be good to see people in person as well. Yeah, that's it. Well, congratulations on all your success and thanks again. Thank you, Jo. So there you have it, folks. The wonderful Sharon Giltrow sharing her tips on how we can start the ball rolling with gathering reviews for our books. Next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast is an interview with TEDx and Forbes speaker Karen McDermott. And Karen's going to be talking to us about all things publishing. She's the publishing powerhouse and founder of Serenity Press, MMH Press and KMD Books. So that's coming up next time. Have a great fortnight and it's bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you're further forward in your author adventure after listening and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.